So I'd like you guys to imagine that you're fighting in a war. You're a soldier, okay? Now, I'm not going to get specific. I'm not going to name a particular war because for those who watch the show, you guys know that I have tremendous respect for those who have served and are still serving. So I'm not going to mention any specific war to disrespect any of the people that have died. But imagine you're in a war and all of a sudden there's a UFO above you, right? It comes above you and all that. And then it flies away. You think nothing of it. You continue battling. You continue fighting, right? You're a soldier. That's what you do. And then this UFO comes above you and a few of your, I guess we could say, uh, fellow soldiers' heads, right? Very close to your heads. And a blue beam is shot out, but not necessarily the blue beam as we perceive to be, you know, the direct light. More so a type of a fog. And then what happens is the next thing you know, you black out. And then you wake up. On the battlefield, but a little bit, you know, a few miles away, you wake up and then all of a sudden, after that, you're quickly escorted off of the battlefield, you're flown back to, you know, wherever you're, whichever country you're from, you're then put into something called colonization camps that you cannot leave for the rest of your life. Why? Because there was a particular type of fog within that blue beam that activated something that created an interdimensional, I guess we could say, a portal of sorts, for lack of a better word. Now, before we get into that, I won't be doing any shoutouts today just because I was so busy yesterday without producing all the content uh, that I haven't been able to get to all of your guys' uh, DMs and emails, so I appreciate the patience so much. This weekend, I'll get back on that, I promise. Now, I do want to mention very quickly, we have a Patreon because a lot of what we're going to be talking about today connects with a lot of different things that we discussed in yesterday's uh, members-only episode as well as what we're going to be discussing later today as well. This episode is kind of like a bridge to that. So if you haven't already, check it out. It's a it, fantastic packages in terms of being able to analyze footage, communicate directly with myself and others in the community. It's great. So let's get into it. The fog, the concentrated liquid excreted from EBE4's brain. Now, first, what we got to jump into is before we get to the really good stuff is we have to understand what the fog is. Now, if you, we look at the Majestic 12 documents, if we look at Project Blue Book and we look at a handful of other documents that have been either leaked or declassified, I say that with air quotes, what we're going to find there is we're going to find a constant reference to a type of fog, not the angel hair or the angel dust that seems to emanate and dissipate and excrete itself from the UFOs after they disappear, but more so specifically a type of fog that allows for an interdimensional conversation or form of communication to occur, which is why when a lot of people are on planes and they see UFOs up in the sky above the clouds, you're going to see lots of pictures of UFOs sort of in a circle as if they're conversing. They are, but not in the way in which we would verbally or orally understand. With that being said, you guys ever look up into the sky and you see something you think is there? You see it, but you don't. Your intuition, your gut, it's telling you. It's right there. You know what I mean? Maybe not close to you, but you see it. And there's a kind of fog and an illusion. And someone else says, you know, if they look close enough, they see it as well. This type of fog is a type of dissipated and humidified liquid that is excreted from a certain part of, a, of the tall gray's brains, all right? And in the members only episode later on today, which will be released, you'll see why uh, we, we, come, we get to that. But first off, let's take a look at bibliotechaplates.net. Let's take a look at the Grudge 13 report. So let's see here, and I quote, several years ago, Billy English, son of an Arizona state legislator and former captain in the Green Beret had been assigned to an RAF listening post north of London as an information analyst. English was, in the course of his duties, asked to prepare an analysis of the elusive Grudge 13 report. 
On his discharge from his work at the listening post, he then went back into the U.S. and then he did uh, a whole, you know, research and all that. What he found was that during the Vietnam War, there was a B-52 on the battlefield, which kind of connects to the example I gave at the beginning. And the only last things that were ever recorded from this, uh, from the pilot, were under attack by a UFO, a large light. Now, here's the thing. The plane was found intact because the U.S. Army obviously went looking for it. It, it was very odd of them for them to n not do that, but... The plane was found intact, sitting in the jungle. There was no swath indicative of a crash landing. So clearly, the plane was placed down very peacefully, not in a violent manner, right? Only bo the bottom of the fuselage showed any damage. There was no damage to the underside of the engine pods, although the plane was completely intact. The entire crew had been mutilated. All right. Now, the people who had survived these mutilations had then been put about into these particular colonies. Okay, and when we see this, what we're going to find here is there is evidence to suggest these colonies no longer exist because a lot of it's moved to the underground military bases. But this Grudge 13 report was then later sent and classified at one of the most top levels, which is the majestic level, was then later on sent to Jason. Now, what's Jason? It's guys, this is where it gets interesting because Jason is is kind of official, but it's not. Let's take a look at Wikipedia. Jason is an independent group of elite scientists which advises the U.S. government on matters of science and technology technology mostly of a sensitive nature end quote so in other words please excuse my english in other words go fuck yourself we're not telling you anything right that's basically what we're reading there it's true right the, okay so let's continue on the group was created in the aftermath of the sputnik launch which was the russia's uh, satellite to get to the moon as a way to reinvigorate the idea of having the nation's preeminent scientists help the government with defense problems Similar to the way that scientists helped in World War II, but with a new and younger generation. Now, take a look at this. The Vietnam War was one of the first executions of the Jason group using an electronic barrier, end quote. Now, when we take a look at that, first, we already see the connection to the, of the Vietnam War here, right? Which is why I gave that example in the beginning. But what we're also seeing is a form of fog that is developed. Now, a lot of people who watch this show, your fathers and, and parents have served in the Vietnam War. I know this because some of you have told me. And some of you have told me they saw some very strange things in the sky, not just UFOs, not like a vague statement like that, but a type of fog. So what this fog does is it allows beings within the third dimension to communicate with other beings but here's the thing it gets even better so if we take a look at the blue planet pdf document all right and here's what we're going to take a look at here we're going to look at page 34 and this is pretty accessible from my understanding and what we're going to see here is that a lot of people were referring to something called taos what the hell is taos right the transatlantic uh, sorry, the Trans-American Underground Sub-Shuttle System. Now, if we search up Taos officially, it doesn't exist. But what we're going to notice is that some of the parts that were also, I guess we could say, watermarked or coincidentally blurred on the MJ-12 documents, it refers to Taos, T-A-U-S-S, right? And if we look at who the members on Taos are or who the... Indicative, sorry, members of Tausar based on their resumes, because this is not official, we're going to see a lot of the people within the Jason group or the Jason society are the same people that also sit on the Taos board or uh, that are part of Taos, generally speaking, right? Now, you might say, okay, Dave, what evidence do you have of this and things like this? Well, let's take a look at reddice.tv. Founder of the Jason group, 
not this include members of the famous Manhattan Project. Now it says here, not the same as Jason Society, but you'll see how this comes full circle, which brought together almost every leading physicist in the notion to build the atomic bomb during World War II. Now today, Jason continues to offer scientific help the government cannot find anywhere else. They are probably the only group of scientists in the United States and arguably one of the few human beings in the world that know the true state of highest technology, end quote. So now let's keep in mind, let's reference something. Phil Schneider had said, for every one year that goes by anywhere from 40 to 50 years worth of technological advancement occurs within the underground military bases now here's the other thing as well the jason society and the jason group are one and the same there is a form of disinformation that has been pushed out there in order to deceive people because again all you got to do is just say no there's a difference between group and society and that's the psychological warfare aspect of it you know what i mean no 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 it, there's a group and a society that's it guys i mean they're, they're two separate entities so you know your whole investigation you should just drop it now that's exactly how it goes, right? Now, let's take a look at something else here too because I want to mention a few different things here. We may see, for, for as an example, that ultimately the Jason Society may have become Majestic 12 or vice versa. No, there's a difference. Majestic 12 actually has a limit on to what levels they can access. Now, there are a handful of members from Majestic 12, even in today's modern-day Majestic 12, that actually has ascension or has the ability to ascend, if you will, to the Jason group. Now, here's what's also interesting. The Jason group has ties to the Trilateral Commission. Who founded the Trilateral Commission? Let's just see who founded the Trilateral Commission. Oh, look. Rockefeller. David Rockefeller. And according to Wikipedia, it's right here. And this is how they do it, guys. They make it subtle, but they throw it right in your face, but not with a lot of attention to detail, right? And no specifics. The Trilateral Commission is a non-governmental, non-partisan discussion group founded by David Rockefeller in July 1973 to foster closer cooperation between Japan, Western Europe, and North America, end quote. Which were the three main continents or general areas of the world that the Jason society was focused on after these humans were mutilated and brought back to these you know colonized camps within the US where they never left because they were then studied Japan Western Europe and North America right so North America Canada in the US that's the US's home territory right we see Western Europe that makes perfect sense because the US has been known to have a lot of secret and public influence within Western Europe in a lot of ways even though there have been some troubles in the past uh, in, in recent history I must admit and then Japan it only makes perfect sense right so now the other thing I want to look at too here is I want to look at note the fact that the symbol of the trilateral commission is starkly similar to that of what we see here on the blue planet project symbolism in the documents right and what we're also gonna see here is that if we take a look at this particular uh, document we're gonna see that they are and I quote they are part of the web an interconnected control system which links the trilateralist uh, trilateralist plans and other interlocking groups. Some of the people behind this are those that head Northrop Corporation, Stanford Research, the Battelle Corporation, AT&T, General Electric, Hughes Aircraft, Sandia Corporation, Walsh Construction Company, and the Colorado School of Mines. Now, let's also take a look at something here that they were looking into, which was a project called Project Noah's Ark, where they wanted to build a shuttle system, right? And this was many, many years ago. Which shuttle system do you think came out of Project Noah's Ark? It was Taos. Do you see what I'm saying here? There's a big, big connection that we're not seeing here overall, that the public tends to be missing, which is fine. I'm, you know what I mean? I'm happy to do the research and all that. But when we take a look, we see the intrinsic connections. Now, what I mean by that is this. 
guys, it's a it's one big club. Not that they're all in on it, but it's a club with factions of smaller clubs that only listen to the overall rules from the Galactic Federation when absolutely necessary, whether it's economic, whether it's spiritual, financial, you name it. Because the, the flow and control of everything is the idealistic opportunity to create something of monetary value like the, the you know, the... Um, the dollar or the the pound or um, the rupee or you name it, right? And when we look at all that, what we see is that even though it is a self-identified and preconceived overall system that we give belief to, because we've now given it belief, there must be an ebb and flow to it that allows the Galactic Federation to curate some of the more important decisions that then gets filtered down through NATO to the UN and then to the representative countries that know about these aliens, right? Now, here's the next thing as well that I want to point out too, and because it's going to tie back to a lot of these organizations. And this is from popularmechanics.com, just came out very, like two days ago, I think. And I quote, a Dyson sphere could bring humans back from the dead, researchers say. Now, it talks about, you know, how the Dyson sphere is considered pseudoscientific and things like that. But, you know, listen, quantum computing was considered pseudoscientific 15 years ago in theory, right? So anyways, the whole idea here is that, you know, a Dyson sphere in general, if we look at Wikipedia, it's, you know, and I quote, a hypothetical megastructure that completely encompasses a star and captures a large percentage of its power output, right? But here's the thing. Let's take a look very quickly at one of the head um, transhumanists, if you want to call it in general, that made a comment on this. Maxim Chernyakov called classification of approaches to technological resurrection. It involves life extension, cryonics, quantum immortality, and much more. Now, here's the other thing. Maxim Chernyakov is also known to be very close, generally speaking, with Putin in, on a secret level. Now, I'm not trying to make accusations here, but we have to call the evidence like we see it. With that being said, apparently he reports directly to Putin because he sits on the Trilateral Commission, who, which also sits on the Janet Group. And you might say, Dave, I thought this was an American thing. Guys, it's above that. There comes a point where if we look at every single whistleblower's testimony, right? I don't want to mention the names because I've said it a bunch of times. All all these whistleblowers have said in these underground labs, they've seen Chinese people, Russian people, not to say these countries aren't hiding certain alien tech from one another. They probably are. And they probably have agreements with certain alien factions. But the way in which a communication occurs is through that of the fog. Now, the brain juice is then extracted from the tall gray specifically. Why do I say this? Because if you see in the members only episode, which will be coming out later today, section G13, that is a section where tall grays are specifically sent to have the brain, a particular liquid from their brains extracted right which then allows for a fog to be created in a limited sense but it allows for communication with interdimensional beings to occur where would this be useful oh i don't know the cia's fusion cell you guys remember that a few weeks ago right and so when we look at all of this we have no choice but to say to ourselves what's really occurring here because when we look up a section g13 for example you're not going to find much which is why it took me a while to put together the episode, but for the members, you'll see, right? And what we're going to find there is that it was a place, a location that was made for extraterrestrials that had extreme sensitivity to light. How, but that wasn't even the best part. Well, you know, you'll see if, if uh, you check out the episode. But the point here is that the same sensitivity they had to light was also the same radioactive sensitivity and humidification of the type of juice that was extracted from their brain. Meaning, basically, the aliens that were extremely sensitive to light just so happened to have, have this type of juice within their mind. 
that could actually be physically excreted and extracted within the three-dimensional world that we live in in order to create this fog to speak with multi-dimensional beings. Now, could this fog be integrated with that of a Stargate? Is it used to contact the Galactic Federation in a much easier way? I doubt it. And I'll tell you why. It seems a little bit too mysterious. It, if it were to be something that was used formally more and more often, it, see, it would have been something a little bit more professional and covered up on the public end, right? We're seeing the pieces. We're seeing the pieces being put together, but we're not seeing the full puzzle be assembled yet. You see what I'm saying here? So we also have to take a look. And a couple of other things, too, because according to Rand.org, which ironic enough, you know, the Rand organization and the Rand group and all that. And for those of you who know what I'm talking about, you know what I mean. Now, if we take a look here, very high speed transit system, right? VHST. Now, with all these acronyms, they constantly keep changing it, just like with the Carl Sagan story at NORAD, when they said, oh, we don't call them UFOs. We call them UCTs, unidentified correlating targets, or, you know, they're not UFOs anymore. They're UAPs unidentified aerial phenomenon you know what i mean or you know um usos unidentified submerged objects for the ufos underwater right and so when we look at all this what we're going to find here is that the system is highly conservative of energy the tube train is accelerated to its maximum velocity coasts for a brief period and then is decelerated nearly all the power goes into kinetic energy end quote now Speeds, it says your speeds as high as 14,000 miles per hour have been examined to be the case. This is why these trains underneath the deep underground military bases are used or these tunnel systems are used so very often because they're so silent. Magneto-Leviton trains using piezoelectricity that harnesses some of this fog liquid or humidification from some of the brains of these uh, extraterrestrials, right? And if we also take a look, the, some of these tubes that are, you know, sent from one dumb base to another, depending on which you know base and territory in the world or in the continent is respective to you know um, or is sorry receptive to how a human interacts they might open up this fog which is considered to be in like a black glass looking box while they're on these magneto leviton trains before they head to another dumb base to converse with a certain interdimensional being or extraterrestrial right and we see based off of the videos that i've shown in the members only and publicly in the last couple days we've seen guys that this is more than likely possible. The footage is out there. It could be faked, but again, you guys have seen, there's some footage that is unexplainable, you know, that w predates and, you know, the metadata is there, the frame by frame is consistent. There's a lot of things we're looking at here. You know, things like, for example, the Dyson sphere and all that, that we're honestly, I think is right under our noses, but we're missing in the slightest sense, if you know what I mean. Now, at the same time, this fog is also rumored to be the same scientific isotopes that are composed of the Dyson sphere. The Dyson sphere and the fog from these aliens' brains may be using the same type of liquid or the same type of material or may be harnessing a certain type of kinetic energy within the ether all around us. So, I want you guys to let me know what you think. I know that this wasn't probably the, you know, the most exciting episode out there, but it was very uh, important to connect and you're going to see down the road nonetheless why this is the case. So, thank you guys so much for watching and we'll catch you guys either later today or tomorrow. Cheers.